Okay. Hello. Uh, Hello. And welcome to episode four of, of Queerly, Queerly Ever After. After. And today we're talking about Felix Ever. Felix. <laughs> by Kaysen Callender. Hosts. I'm Valu. I use they them pronouns. I'm Ria. I use any pronouns. And we're so excited to dive in today's today's episode. So, okay. um, no sticky notes today, unfortunately, because I had to read this like on my phone. I do, however, have oh trigger warnings. Google Keep list. Oh my god! I made a notes list of. <laughs> Here, let me show it to you. I literally just like screenshotted random pieces of text. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Um, so, for trigger warnings, uh, I would say just like transphobia and dead naming. And it's like really explicit transphobia. Mm. So, if that bother you, bothers you, definitely don't read this book and skip this episode because that's kind of the whole plot of the book is based around the sort of almost violent transphobia the main character faces so all right so let's get into it the plot um this book mainly stars the life of felix love Love. (laughs) and yeah and so he it starts at the beginning of june and he's just turned 17 and basically, he's kind of lamenting the fact that he's never been in love, which <laughs> I love how the author did that. Anyways, and um, the whole, like, the book only takes place in the span of one month, but it feels longer than that. And it basically goes over how he slowly gets to learn more about himself and be comfortable within his own skin. And that also involves navigating his love life. Yeah, and so the plot really starts, um, so Felix goes to an art prep school called St. Catharines because he really wants to get into Brown University, but in order to do so, he has to compete with one of his ex-best friends, Declan, and that, their friendship ended. Declan. Declan? Okay, fine. Declan! We're not having. A I've never heard Rob someone argument. say D Clan. <laughs> I've only heard people say D Clan. Um, I'm not having another Sabrina argument. Sabrin. Continue. Okay. Anyway, so uh, that relationship ended when Declan broke up with uh, Felix's other best friend Ezra. So Felix is a trans guy. And during this book, he's sort of, like, grappling with his identity and who he is. And while that's happening, someone at his school posts pictures of him before his transition with his dead name, like, on the wall. They make, like, a gallery of it in St. Catharines. 
and throughout the whole book he's trying to felix is trying to figure out who did this and while doing so he befriends Declan again while using a finsta (laughs) (laughs) um and yeah so yeah i think yeah his own that sort of helps him grow and i don't know as like get out of his yeah Yeah. and get out of his like creative block i think that's all the plot we really need okay so do we want to go wait before we go over anything can i just say where is it you know that scene where um where uh, there's there's a scene where there's a fight between Declan and um, Felix in class, and basically they both just kind of start talking to each other, and Felix accidentally like kicks over Declan's chair. During this entire time, Hazel it, it literally just says, and I quote, "What is it?" Uh, Hazel is just recording the whole thing, <laughs> and you know what? I- <laughs> that's the most high school thing i've ever seen right this whole book is very high school (laughs) it's very high school like if we have any adult readers um you're not gonna get this it's it's very ya it's definitely written like a ya book just as like um if you know what you're getting to know what you're getting yourself into at one of the beginning conversations um here here are a few quotes. Simba was fucking hot, okay? That jungle scene with Nala, come on now. <laughs> I thought Kofu was pretty hot. I was all about Lilo's sister. Sugo too. <laughs> Forget about that. They literally like spend a paragraph talking about whether or not Stucky is canon, okay? I love these people. Oh my god, that was- Stucky. Stucky is canon. They canonically live together. I don't make this stuff up. <laughs> They live together, okay? Like, you know what? I, I literally honestly just Googled, is this all they're trans? Because, like, how do they understand yeah, the queer trans. relationships? And they are. And it's... it's honestly, I, They're, they're they, amazing. They understand. Okay. I, I followed this author on TikTok, but that's a different person. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so, do we want to go over some themes during the book? Uh, sure. So, uh, I think we've I th- really given up on having a theme section and a queer section. Because- They're just kind of there together. Honestly, yeah. I think it, it's really just discussion at this point. Because one thing, I honestly gushed when, uh, what's the word? <laughs> when Declan said he was falling in love with Felix. Because you know what, that that's kind of cute. I mean, okay, let's talk about this because, like, <laughs> for all Declan knew, Felix could have been, like, I don't know, a 40 something middle aged man. I mean, he did say, you know what, you could be jail, which was the painting <laughs> teacher at the high school who was like a 25 year old. Yeah, also, is uh, was Declan bisexual? I think they're all bisexual. Except Isn't for Ezra, it? who's gay. Oh, okay, yeah. Because it's... Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so Marisol is bisexual, but she tries to be a gold star lesbian. Oh my god. I, I really dislike Marisol so much. I know. 
And then Leah. I don't know if Leah's queer, but she might be the one like straight. No, Leah definitely is queer. She kept hitting. No, she's. <laughs> she was literally making out with Hazel Wally. That was like. Wait, really? That was. They mentioned. Wait, am I wrong? <sighs> I'm pretty sure no, she was making but- out with Hazel. Either way, she, no, Marisol was making out with Hazel, but Leah no. definitely hit on Marisol. I thought, Hazel, I thought Leah was making out with Hazel to make Marisol jealous. Should we go over the cast of characters? <laughs> okay, let's start with that. So Felix Love is the main character. Uh, he's trans, he uses he, him pronouns, and I'm pretty sure he's bisexual. And then, Oh, he's a demi-boy. Let's just well, like we don't reveal later. that till the end. Okay, okay, okay. Um, yeah. And then we have Ezra, Felix's best friend. Can I just say I love the Indian representation, Ezra Patel. I've never seen Te- like technically he's Bangladeshi. Boy, <laughs> I mean it is true he's Bangladeshi. You know what? He has the name Patel. I'm calling it Indian <laughs> representation. <laughs> Anyway, South Asian representation. Let's go there. Sure, sure. Um, so Ezra Patel, he's by question mark, question mark, question mark. Isn't I think he's just gay? Gay well, or bi. With the he doesn't go by labels though, right? Yeah. So we don't really know. So really, I think what I think he just called himself queer. So we'll yeah. And we'll go with that. Him pronouns. And he's super rich. His parents yeah. are loaded. <laughs> but his parents are also dicks. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so then further in their group of friends, you have Marisol. Like I said, bi, but tries to be a gold star lesbian. Extremely Don't- transphobic. But I'm only sure. towards, what's the word? Trans masks. But but her treatment of trans women is also rooted in yeah. So it's still kind of is it is it like turfy kind of? It's yeah. It's kind of turfy. Yeah, yeah. We're just gonna call her transphobic all around. Yeah, we don't and like Marisol. We hate Marisol here. This is a Marisol hate club. Exactly. Anyways, <laughs> um, um, then there's Leah. Leah is sweet. I love Leah so much. Honestly, my favorite character in all this. She's also queer. In case you haven't figured it out, they all go to an art school. They're all queer. Um, but yeah, Leah... An art school in New York. In New York City. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, Leah is sweet. She tries to help Felix figure out who uh, put up the gallery and is sending him troll like by hacking into people's phones yeah exactly wait you know that character from supernatural with the red hair charlie charlie she gives me charlie vibes vibes. even the red hair oh my god charlie bradbury charlie Charlie. they did charlie dirty she shouldn't have died although in the i didn't get there yet no (laughs) okay i'll I'll make it up for you uh supernatural spoilers guys (laughs) You had to say that before. <laughs> I don't know what season you're on. Anyway, I'll make it up you for you. You should just preface the beginning yeah. of this podcast by saying, in our <laughs> discussion about Felix Everett, <laughs> it's going to be a supernatural, supernatural. spoiler. 
Anyway, it's okay because the Charlie from the Apocalypse universe has a wife. <laughs> you I'm on season eight. You can't see Rhea's face, but it's very funny. <laughs> It'll be okay. It'll all make sense once you get to season 14. Look, they kill off every like character that's either not a man or not white. And if they actually do have- they kill off, I think they've killed off every single character on the show. Like literally, they've even killed off the main three. They've killed Dean, Sam, and Cass multiple times. <laughs> but they come back. True. True. On also, can I just say that so I'm watching the episode where they have to save Bobby from hell and get him to heaven as part of the tasks. And it's so sad to see like that how that's not Bobby anymore because he just wants to be alive again, you know? Yeah. <sighs> tangents. Tangents. We did say tangents in the show description. So if you didn't <laughs> expect it, um yeah. Mm. Anyway. <laughs> so where were we? Ezra, Leah, uh, Leah. And then Hazel. Hazel's kind of just there. She's definitely also queer. And she's like... She's kind of just used to like make Marisol or Leah jealous at each other. Because they both... Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And she's kind of like... She's transphobic. But in one of those ways that's meant to like challenge society or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. She did not give me good vibes. Oh, wait. She's the one who said Felix's art wasn't good. Yeah, which, like, fair, that's your opinion. But... I mean, the thing is, like, that that's what Felix said, but he also said that, like, if it's actual criticism, you don't say it's not good. You, like, critique actual aspects of yeah, the work. Yeah, that's true, that's true. But, you know, uh, I, di- I didn't get, like, yeah, I don't know, I honestly do not remember. Because she said a couple <laughs> things during the argument they had in art class. Like, oh, yeah, not mm. good. Yeah, this this is a Mar- Marisol and Hazel hate club. <laughs> and then we have Declan. Declan used to be Ezra's boyfriend and one of Felix's closest friends before he broke up with Ezra over text um, and sort of joined like a different group. And now he hates Ezra and pretends Felix doesn't exist. Yeah, and later it's revealed that at Don't- the time... Don't. What? No, we do this chronologically Fine. or not Fine. at all. Okay. Can I just um, appreciate how like nine tenths of the characters of curly hair? I know, right? It's amazing. Curly hair is the best. Curly no hair looks so hair. nice. Thank you. Folly, I, I'm literally a straight haired person. <laughs> it looks really good. <laughs> Thank you. I don't brush it. <laughs> Because if I do, it becomes straight again. <laughs> okay. I, to be honest, I'm, I'm, I'm terrified to see you with just, like, straight hair. Oh, I had the same haircut as you do right now when I was little. Same haircut. Huh? Straight hair. <laughs> the gayer uh, I got, the curlier the hair got. <laughs> <laughs> you mean you got less straight? Yeah, exactly. That was a joke. Okay. Oh, wait. <laughs> Anyway. Okay. And then we have Felix's dad. So Felix's dad paid for his transition and everything, but refuses to say Felix's name and sometimes still dead names him and calls him his daughter. It's, it's <sighs> complicated. 
that's really interesting though because for most parents they'll like be like okay honey we'll call you by your name and do pronouns but we're not going to let you transition or anything and it's it's really interesting just kind of seeing the other way of that where they're like in the scope of things are technically more supportive because they're trusting they're like in this case son to you know know all of that but like I get I feel kind of bad for Felix's dad because I feel like he genuinely is trying throughout the book to uh, to like yeah you know? it's a sort of like like Felix feels the same like he still yeah he wants his dad to be able to say his name but he also is appreciative and he doesn't know how to feel you know yeah because it's like he his dad doesn't mean to do it it's a it's a weird situation where like no one's really wrong or right yeah yeah okay (laughs) um and felix's mom is out of the picture she left when he was younger and then there's as i mean are we just gonna go through the whole cast or uh and then you have ezra's parents who are rich and dicks yeah dicks and then kind of their old personality traits my favorite old person in this has got to be Declan's dad. Or sorry, grandfather. Grandfather. Declan's dad is not valid. Uh, he is not valid. We, we, Declan's we gotta talk about Declan's dad. Amazing. It's so funny. He he sat oh, wait, wait here. I have this in my notes. Okay, wait. So <laughs> under un, I literally cropped that section and it said <laughs> so Declan's grandfather seems to remember I'd been with an so at the beginning of the book. Um, it starts off that Felix is with Ezra in public and, you know, some guy's grandpa staring at him. And then, he, and then after he like just starts jokingly making out with Ezra, the grandpa says, oh, not my grandson. Out. They're cuddling on the train. I didn't read that scene right. And I was so confused for the rest of the book. <laughs> Anyways, so um, the grandpa comes up and says, oh, my grandson's gay too. It's nice seeing, you know, young people these days. No sweet. And then later, when Felix goes to meet Declan and finds out that the guy he met was Declan's grandpa, it goes, Declan's grandfather seems to remember that I'd been with another boy then too, but he doesn't say anything about it. Only gives me a sly grin. You see, he says, I told you you'd like my grandson. <laughs> That's his grandson. (laughs) I love that. It's like the coincidence, you know? It's great. So, shall we dive into the themes? I think. Okay, yeah. The main themes are family, identity, and transness. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Uh. Austin. We forgot about Austin. Austin is. And Tyler. Yeah, we don't care about Tyler. <laughs> Austin. Okay. It's not like he yeah. dated one of the second biggest characters in this book. The book is fine. Wasn't Austin the guy who Wait, put up? who did he date? Austin dated Ezra. Yeah, but who did Tyler date? Oh, wait, did I bring up Tyler? Yeah. Tyler doesn't oh, matter. <laughs> yeah, Tyler um, doesn't matter. So Austin was Ezra's boyfriend for, I think, like, three days but this book takes place over like in the span months, of a month so. no it was yeah. one month one month really because at the beginning it was oh yeah because there's a huge time skip at the end yeah okay. this probably only takes place in like three weeks which is insane yeah because so the book feels like it's been at least three months exactly so they're together for like two days 
three days, maybe a week. <laughs> maybe and a break week. up in an Olive Garden where Austin throws all and his he- breadsticks at Ezra. <laughs> and I, I love that scene. That's very funny. Like the author is honestly just a gold star comedian. I'm sorry. Like the author, <laughs> the author is the best. It's, They're the best. They are. It's so funny because literally, um, after after Ezra says that, uh, Felix is like he's trying not to laugh. And he's like, "Oh, he did throw the breadsticks," and they just both start laughing. It's <laughs> like they're trying to stay serious because this is a serious breakup. But <laughs> right, and okay. Austin's your typical entitled uh, cis white gay. Uh, yeah, and can I can I swear? Sure. Austin's the one behind the gallery. As it's revealed <laughs> later. Also, Austin and Leah are second cousins. That's weird. That's weird. Because Leah is the best in Austin. We don't like Austin. This we is don't like Austin. Our Saul Hazel hate, hate, hate club. Good. Well, <laughs> maybe we, we strongly dislike Hazel, but we hate the other two. Can we also appreciate how just blind Felix was that his friend of like, what, five years is in love with him? You know, I wouldn't know anything about having a best friend being in love with me and being obvious. No, I was literally reading this and I was like, why does this seem familiar? And I'm like, oh, wait. No, but literally the part where everyone thought they were dating, I was like, is this yeah, us? me too. Is, is this, this us? Is this us? <laughs> <laughs> we need to stop identifying to these characters. Literally, the last <laughs> book we were like, we're Harry and Evelyn, and now we're like, we're Ezra and Felix, <laughs> minus the getting together at the end part. <laughs> anyway, oh, let's talk we about. We just Ezra. find any platonic soulmates, and we're like, you know what? That's us. <laughs> Let's talk about Ezra and Felix. So, I don't know about you, but the relationship seemed a bit flat to me. Like, one-sided almost. And I think that's because it's really from Felix's perspective. Yeah, I feel like it would have been interesting to just kind of get a better sense of what Ezra's thinking about. Because I feel like the entire time, all you have to do is guess. And since you don't have, like, that same emotion, it's not, like, as pulling. Yeah. But at the same time, it was cute. Also, is Ezra goth? Ezra isn't goth. He's preppy art. He gives me such goth vibes, so. I don't know if you've seen any fan art of Sirius Black when Harry was a baby. But those are, that's what I got from him. Or like, doesn't Sirius Black look exactly like Tom Hiddleston? No, Sirius Black is Gary Oldman. Don't they look alike? I mean, a little bit, not that much. I, I know, I know. Yeah, hold up, that's where my brain went. <laughs> I'm gonna look up Indian Harry Potter post-war fanfic because, or not fanfic, fan art, because that's literally the vibes I got from this. Also, um, should we mention, can we talk about how Declan mentioned he had a priest? Declan has a priest kink. And they never brought it up again. I know. Excuse me. No, they never brought it up. Okay. I don't know how that have any significance in a book, but why would you bring it up and just never speak about it? 
was this the moment mm-hmm. where what's it called where Felix realized so originally Felix started Finsta Finsta Finsting Finsta Finsta Finsting aha here <laughs> this singular okay so whenever people write Indian Harry Potter with the dreary um they always draw him like this Oh my god, that's eggs. That's literally Ezra Patel. Yeah, exactly. That's what that's what I was picturing the whole time, and it really made me sad. Not us <laughs> outing ourselves as Tumblr girls on this. <laughs> Even though neither of we us are, are girls. <laughs> we are the Tumblr girls, Folly. <laughs> anyway. It doesn't matter that we're <laughs> Okay. So yeah, um, um, he decides to like get a Finsta and start talking to Declan. Because he thinks Declan is initially behind the gallery. And even though Ezra's like clearly uncomfortable with this, he still supports him in that. Yeah. And that uh-huh. we actually, no, why he... does he? He doesn't He's a good friend, Ezra. Yeah. Like he recognizes that telling his friend like to not pursue it would be hurtful. Even Leah does that after she tell after uh, what's the word? Felix tells her that he has doubts they'll ever find out who did the gallery thing. She's still like, we're going to continue. And you know what? That's supportive. Exactly. And Ezra is just so supportive in general. Like every time someone's like transphobic or something, even though Ezra might be mad at um, Felix, he still calls him out. Like at the, so basically Marisol, Felix asked Marisol out and they went on like three dates. And then Marisol broke up with him because she told Felix that he was misogynistic for transitioning. Um, which do we need to say again that this is a Marisol hate club? Right? Like, <laughs> what does that even mean? No, misogynistic for transitioning. That's <laughs> not how it works. Like, no, what I don't get is all of these like Republicans or whatever. They're like, oh, trans people shouldn't go in the bathroom or transition okay you would prefer a man that has to like be in a woman's body you would prefer them rather than a man who can be out and proud and be himself and happy like why do they want people to suffer you know because they're republicans (sighs) (sighs) okay so um can we also talk about how a Okay, sometimes the interactions, I'm sorry, they seem a bit cliche. But I think that's just because yeah. I've I've it's heard YA rhetoric so much. Yeah. And like also YA book. But so many of these conversations, they're so authentic. They are. And they're like Like, have we not told our own friend group that Zuko's hot at one time or another? Right? Like we ha- we definitely have. Yeah. <laughs> this is definitely like anyone who's like, been well, in a queer friend group as a teenager. These are the conversations you have. Like, if I texted in our group chat, Suko's hot, I would just get like five hearts. Exactly. Do it. I, I would do. <laughs> I haven't texted in it in three weeks. And this is. I know. You're t- everyone's talking about a storm. Let me just add that in here. Um, but yeah, their the friendship which eventually turns into a relationship it's just it's it's authentic in that it doesn't try to be perfect you know but 
they try to be there for each other even when they're mad at each other and they literally live together like Ezra has an apartment in like closer to St. Catherine's and Felix lives with him for like part of the day and they like cuddle in the same bed and everything like you know what I would have fallen in love by that point I gotta be honest here it's the physical connection and the intimacy for me <laughs> but yeah it is. um volley i think we're just both touch starved yeah yeah maybe maybe but anyways i feel like yeah so but for the cliche bit it's kind of sweet but also like <clears throat> one part the author's trying to like put up the usual response of some of the white cis gay no wait about the regular homophobic person who's like, I don't think people should be out anymore. It's so weird. And like the quote is, um, what's it? So it was a fucking joke. James says under his breath, like no one's allowed to joke about anything anymore. Jesus Christ. It's a joke to you. Marisol says, we don't hate Marisol, but okay, she's right here. You get to make everyone else the butt of your joke. We don't. And you know what? It's... It shows, like, that side of it, but I feel like it feels a bit cliche. It's a very coming-of-age novel, you know, and they all kind of have the same ingredients. Yeah. I think the point is this book was made for people who don't experience that sort of support. And so experiencing through this book, at least, um, it's something, you know. It was kind of fluff, right? Yeah. Yeah. And someone said Azula was hotter. (laughs) I like, I like how like, um, happy this book turns out, because usually, when you see um, things like books with trans characters, it always ends sad, like yeah, die or something, or they don't get what they want. And I like that this new generation of queer books is like fuck that we can have happy endings too and even though not everything ended well like felix and declan are still not talking after declan found out that felix was behind the finsta i think they're kind of it's more of a thing where it's left on a cliff but you know that they're like on better terms than they were before but Felix like wins the art show at the end. He gets a scholarship to Brown. He, he doesn't Ezra, get the scholarship to Brown. He does get the scholarship to Brown. If you win no. the if you win the art show, you get the scholarship to Brown. What? No, that's not true. That is true. No, you just get internships and stuff. That could help. No, if you get the- into the art show, you get internships. If you win the art show, you go to Brown. No, because even at the end of the book, um, Felix says that he's still unsure about who, about if he's going to get into Brown and he doesn't care. Uh, that part really spoke to me, though. Like, I'm pretty sure it was like that. Here, let's look up. Did Felix get into Brown at the end? Okay. Yeah, because he, because mm-hmm. Dean Fletcher says, oh, Brown, the Brown and the scholarship are different. Okay, that's weird. 
No, but that's good because the whole point of Brown, it wasn't that he just wanted to get into Brown. It was that he felt that he wasn't enough, so he needed the validation. If he just got into it, it kind of would have ruined the message of the book that he doesn't need that validation. Even if he still wants to go, he like defines his self-worth differently. Are we going to get into the theme of identity? Yes, let's talk about identity. Let's talk about so- Felix, at the beginning of the book, identifies as a binary trans man. So he transitions from, like, he comes out to his dad when he's 12. And then he transitions with the help of his dad. He gets hormones and he gets top surgery eventually. And throughout the book, he starts feeling like he's not, he's not a girl but he's not quite a boy all the time either. So at times he definitely feels like like a guy. But then at times he has this, what does he call it? He has this nigging. 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 Yeah. That he's not quite a boy. And he does some research online, but he doesn't, he feels like he's sort of faking because he already transitioned and he feels that he shouldn't have these issues with identity anymore. So he goes to the LGBTQ Center in New York City. Um, they do great work, great programs. I'm on their email list. <laughs> um, and he joins like a, a gender identity discussion group. And he meets um, a person named Bex who's one of the first non-binary people he's met in real life. And when he talks to them, he sort of starts to think about non-binary as an identity that could fit him because he talks about how he's never really like understood it. Because he <clears throat> says that he feels male sometimes, but then like he'll kind of switch to something that's not quite a girl, but not quite male. Exactly. Honestly, I was really thinking he's going to go for gender fluid. <laughs> really? I... <laughs> When he first started talking about that, I said, um, hold up. page 52, ah, the NB struggle. <laughs> so at page 149, I said, Demi boy, question mark, question mark. And then at the end, I was like, I called it. But I only know this because I, I, I identified as like a Demi girl for like a year. <laughs> so it's not a very well-known identity and... I feel like a lot of what is in this book about identity is that sort of sort of struggle between labels as a, a, a means of support. Another and, theme. And labels as a box. Because at this discussion group, there's four main people. So we have the one that starts with a Z, Sarah. Did you Molly, say the one that starts with Z, Sarah? No, there's, there's someone whose name starts with a Z, and I can't remember. It's about to say, Sarah starts with an S. Yeah, I know that, but here. Could you find it? There's too many notes. It's, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> we are amazing podcasters. But anyways. Um, this is why I prefer paper books. Me too. I know I, I'm I really old, but. I'm old too, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but they kind of go over how it's good to have some people like identities because it helps them kind of feel like they're not alone and navigate it more others will feel lost but for others it kind of feels like 
you're making me like into who I am and I'm not making me you know yeah exactly so it's that sort of struggle between set identities which Felix chooses for himself and sort of just existing like Ezra chooses for himself and it's really like there's conflict within like the queer community and especially the trans community where it's like you have to fit these specific labels or you're not trans enough or queer enough or whatever and I feel like this book really says you can be queer whatever you don't have to force yourself into a box um and there's no such thing as queer or trans enough if you identify as that then you are yeah Yeah. that was nice like you don't that's that's a really good message for young kids to have especially when like the medical system especially Uh. like if you want to medically transition it's this whole thing you have to prove like you've had dysphoria since you were like zero you yeah and you even Felix every goes part over of that. yourself like and like the thing is Felix goes over how every other trans person like they've known who they are quote since the womb exactly. and so he feels kind of like, like stressed that like he didn't understand and he also goes over how like I he briefly mentioned it about how like he has top surgery but he doesn't want to have bottom surgery and also exactly that, it's really nice that the author shows like it's a spectrum and I really like how it talked about low dose testosterone and really like how testosterone shots work. Mm-hmm. Because when a lot of people like think of testosterone, they're like, oh, one shot and all of a sudden you have like a full beard. And really, like, it's not. And I feel like so much education still needs to be done in the trans community. Definitely. About, especially for younger people, like not just sex education, but just like general how does this work you know if you want to medically transition i mean from my own experience of vague googling (laughs) it's not very helpful and um let's see what else is there okay next theme there's so many themes family yeah. yeah let's talk about ezra or felix and his dad's relationship so Felix is raised by his dad who works as like a night watchman or like a night doorman and he does odd jobs to try and support Felix and put him through art school and they live together in like a small apartment in Brooklyn and Felix really has like complicated relationships about his dad because he's really grateful that his dad, you know, supported him through his transition and, um, you know, provides for him and does his best and all of this. But at the other hand, on the other hand, he really hates that his dad can't say his name. And he insisted book, on keeping the pictures, too, of when he was, you know, yeah. pre-transition. Um, like, feel, like, he doesn't call Felix Felix. He calls him kid or... Sometimes he dead names him. And it's really, it's like that constant struggle when you have parents that are sort of accepting, but not accepting enough. Like, are we projecting? Are we projecting? Maybe a little bit. (laughs) And it's like, on the one hand, you feel grateful that you're not being kicked out. 
or whatever. But you really shouldn't feel grateful about that at all. Because it's not, it's a bare minimum and not even the bare minimum. It's like, but at the same time, you understand how this is new for them and all that. And it's, it's, it's a weird situation. It's a weird situation. I don't know. I I feel for Felix. I also feel for his dad because they get in, they get into that confrontation at the end where Felix finally asks him, like, why wouldn't you call me, you know, Felix? And it was sad because throughout the book, it's been one-sided with Felix saying, oh, he doesn't call me Felix, you know, must really kind of hate this part of me. But then you see how at the confrontation, his dad's just trying to do his best and it's not good enough, but he really is trying to do his best. Exactly. And at the end, he does call him Felix, which was really, really sweet. Character growth. Character growth. And I think that really brings like another part of transitioning because a lot of people feel like when they transition socially medically or otherwise that they're killing the old part of themselves like a a lot of what i've seen on trans discourse is that they're sort of like killing the old version of them or that the old version of them like never existed or whatever but their family keeps trying to bring it back and they feel why won't like why do you keep trying to connect with a dead person when i'm right here you know yeah this this is this literally a Tumblr post. This is a Tumblr post. I'm sorry, guys. We're Tumblr girls, but not technically girls. <laughs> okay. Um. Two other. I mean, if you want to talk about family, still, there's the entire shit show that is Ezra's parents. Don't remind me. Okay, so Ezra's parents are the type of rich people that have their kids raised by a nanny. And have no emotional connection with them whatsoever. So Ezra's feels like he's really been abandoned by his parents, which to be fair, he has. Um, his parents sort of he's so he's half black, half Bangladeshi. Um a lot of people in this there's our POC. Yeah, honestly, there's one token white character, which I like so much. Wait, no, Leah's white. Leah's white. Pretty sure. I thought Leah was what about Marisol? Something. No, Marisol's not white. Okay, well, I love the queer POC Whatever. rap then. Only like <laughs> four people were explicitly given race and everyone that wasn't other than... Like everyone that wasn't, they're now POC. I don't make the rules. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, what else is there more to say than their decks? Exactly. Yeah. Like they expected Ezra to sort of follow in his father's footsteps and like be a successful part, like CEO and philanthropist and whatever, which I really like, you know, how they made. Um, so his parents, one of them's black, the other's Bangladeshi. And mm-hmm. those aren't typically like people you see in uh, mainstream media that are portrayed mm-hmm. as like rich CEOs. Yeah. And I really like that they didn't make the white parents the rich CEOs. They made exactly. the parents of color CEOs. And which like, again really feels like bare minimum, but like it wasn't even so seen good. as like it wasn't seen as a push for like representation or diversity. It was literally just seen as, yeah, they're here. There's nothing else about it. This is why books by queer people of color are better. <laughs> Absolutely. 
I think another theme we need to go over is class differences because that that comes mm-hmm. up a lot between um, Felix and Ezra because yeah. his parents are like crazy rich while Felix is well his when his mom used to be with him uh, she was a nurse so they were able to stay afloat but once his mom left his dad had to take on a lot of odd jobs and be a like doorman so they're a bit they're in a bit of a costly situation exactly like they live in a really small apartment so every time Ezra like complains about his parents Felix sort of he gets annoyed because he's like you have all this money all this privilege like what are you talking about but then when he actually goes to meet Ezra's parents and sees how they treat him he understands that maybe more expensive things are worse exactly like (laughs) like it's sort of the thing where Felix has a great family but not enough money and Ezra has dicks for family but lots of money. So neither of them are really happy and both of them are jealous of the other because they think they would be better off in that situation. But it's really interesting too because the author goes on to show how like being from like a low economic status, that's, it doesn't just affect like when you're able to eat where you live. It, It affects like just a lot of Felix's mentality itself because he feels all this pressure to do well because he knows that this is it this is a shot he isn't sitting on loads of money like Ezra is and this kind of hurts him a lot of the book because all that pressure makes it impossible for him to do any work when he's feeling that while other characters in the book who are much more wealthier don't have to worry about that at all so there's all I think it's really good how the author kind of went over how it's it's not just like you know it you know like and it it, it also talked a lot about um how he didn't feel worthy of like going to Brown and going to St. Catherine's because he was cuz he's equally as talented or even more talented than other people at the um school but he doesn't feel worthy of it because he's not in that same social strata that so many of his classmates are like his classmates tend to be middle class or upper upper middle class or you know upper class and felix is like on a scholarship and his his parents aren't like paying the tuition or whatever and he feels less worthy because and this also that. plays into like his marginalization too because he this kind of goes into his whole like insecurities as well as a theme because he feels like because he not only he comes from a like not wealthy background but he talks about how he's one marginalization too many i say this in air quotes but i'm in the zoom call i'm too lazy to actually put up air quotes <laughs> um <laughs> but um like being black and queer and then all this on top he just feels kind of unworthy of all that and it's really like it's the same sort of narrative one marginalization too many because people exist in a wide variety you know and then like when there's a single queer character who isn't even that diverse on a tv show people would be like oh that's unrealistic but then 
there are people who are like queer and disabled and people of color and trans and like like it's not too much you guys are just jerks exactly (laughs) (sighs) so there's that and there's one more theme which was not knowing what to do with your life because these the book is like focusing oh that's a cute stuffed animal is he a pineapple (gasps) he's a pineapple knockoff squishmallow our listeners are so confused yeah but (laughs) yes anyways so the theme of not knowing what to do with your life since this book takes place centering around a bunch of 17 year olds who like want to get into good colleges it kind of centers about this anxiety because what if you just don't want to go to college and it's just the whole college process is messed up so much exactly and like it's not even feasible for them not to go to college because so much of today's like career industry and whatever is centered around people going to college and getting degrees like you can work in any field if you have a degree it doesn't matter what degree you have but you have to go to college yeah there's so many options that aren't college like college is just pushed on kids from literally the age that like when they start middle school you start thinking about college no it's earlier (laughs) than middle school well by the school system at least because we did like career prep stuff when we were 11 what are you doing and the thing is like first of all I was 11 then I'm like I'm slightly older now but the thing is like I still don't know what I want to do exactly like I vaguely know what direction I want to go into, but there's so many fields, like... This is too early. Exactly. And it's that same pressure that Felix feels, that he has to choose the rest of his life when he's 17. Are we projecting? You can't project when it's true. (laughs) Yeah. But, like, and the thing is, also class differences tie into that because Felix is like well Ezra if he does the wrong thing he has stuff to fall back on but for Felix this is like his one shot exactly and like even though Felix like knows what he wants to do he wants to go into like animation or whatever that's not really a direction you know that's not knowing generally what you want to do like People really just value being non-human in these days because they think, like, you have to know everything by the time you're 15. Earlier than that, oh, my God. The SATs. I will burn the SAT one day. College board board deserves to die. I'm sorry. They do. This is a college board hate podcast. This is very much a college board hate podcast. I personally think we should name our podcast episode this. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, all of this pressure that Felix is under compounded the, by the fact that so like I mentioned earlier, someone put up a gallery of him um, like pre-transition with his dead name and all that. Um in the school 
And then that same person started sending him like trolling comments on Instagram or like DMing him or whatever, saying that like he was just a girl and he was pretending to be a boy or deserve whatever didn't deserve love jerks. and at the end it's revealed that it's austin because he was jealous of ezra and felix's friendship like like no that's not how you get to a guy it's not how you do it austin is the oh wait i love how the book mentions that like Along this goes with the one marginalization too many, with how white, gay, cis gays will like oh my God, especially white gay cis men. Yes, they will just dispel everyone else, like in the community. Like Austin literally says, hold up, let me see. It, there's literally a whole paragraph about this in the book. 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 Okay. So let's see. So this is Austin's justification. I wanted to talk to Ezra and it was like I could never get a chance to speak to him alone. You were always with him and he was always fawning over you. And it was bullshit because he's into guys and you're you're not even, you know. And then he said, it felt unfair, he says. It's not like it's easy to be gay, even if we are in Brooklyn. Even this is New York City. And now we have to deal with people like you taking our identity. What do you mean taking up spaces? That's not how it works. And it's annoying too, he says, seeing you, I don't know, pushing it in our face that you're transgender. Not Not everyone gets to be out. I don't get to be out. My parents would accept me. But you're just flaunting it every chance that you get. And this, I love what Ezra says here. Or Felix. I'm sorry, I keep mixing. Um, this is I love what Felix says here. I'm not flaunting anything. I'm just existing. This is me. I can't hide myself. I can't disappear. And even if I could, I don't fucking want to. I have the same right to be here. I have the same right to exist. And that's just so nice. It was it was affirming. That was exactly. cathartic. And it really ties in with a lot of what white gays talk like how they talk about themselves they're like oh we're gay we're marginalized too but it's not as visible you know what i mean like yeah obviously, like if you're gay don't hide yourself like you have a right to be who you are and be proud but if you walk around and you're a person of color or you're trans and you don't like pass or whatever according to cis society standards People can see it on your face and people will attack you for it. Like, like people what? don't realize that, like, if you're not, like, white or cis, sometimes you just don't get the fallback of saying, like, you're, you're not part of this community. Exactly. Like, like, white, in this book, they say white cis gays are one step away from being what they'd consider quote unquote normal. And that really that really resonated with me because so much marginalization within our own community is perpetuated by people who have more privilege. And like what's the point? We're never what gonna is- get anywhere if we're divisive within ourselves. Like if if all the trans meds hate the pe- the trans people who don't want to 
physically transition and if all the TERFs hate trans women and trans men and then if binary trans people are like non-binary people don't exist if white gays like hate gays of color like we're so divisive as a community and it's been that way for a lot of our movement like even since the 60s we've been kicking trans people out and people of color out of our movement until white gays became the figureheads and it's just we're not going to get anywhere if we don't stand together and stand united we're the queer community for a reason please get your act together like this is this is just a good psa folly this is a psa this is a psa to any white gay men that might be listening like support queer people of color support trans people and let them have a voice and speak and listen to what they're saying, listen to their needs, like listen to indigenous people. This is, this is the bare minimum we can be doing and we should have been doing it for a long time now. Like even if you just follow like an indigenous beauty creator on TikTok or whatever, or a black yeah, like, beauty creator on TikTok, mm-hmm. just let people exist without pushing them into a box and just support other people support humans come on people can't believe this is a psa i have to make you you got it all out if you follow i got it all out of my system okay (laughs) Uh, all right um i think that is it in terms of the entire thing so it's a really short book guys it's like 250 pages and it's a really it's easy. It's three hundred ninety six, right? No, it's it's technically two ninety nine on this version that I'm reading, but most of that is just. Yeah, hey, it's, it's published in India. Okay. <laughs> Don't know how I feel about that. Don't know if they're going to be reaching their target target audience there. Actually, but yeah, yeah. Um. Case and Calendar also has another book called This is Kind of an Epic Love Story. And they're an amazing writer. I love this book. Because, like, their prose wasn't, what's the word? It wasn't, like, overly flamboyant, but it was just beautifully done. And the storytelling, like, it was very, very good. Okay. Okay. Oh, we're going into ratings now. Yes. Yes. Okay, I, should we do flower crowns again? Because the, we have two books now where the main cover of the book has a guy in a flower crown. Well, yes. a, yeah. Well, in this case, half guy, and in the other one, but me, you you, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Do you want to go first? Okay. So, I would give this nine point two out of ten flower crowns because was such a good book I, I was gushing at like the whole thing <laughs> okay between um Felix and Declan and the only thing I didn't like sometimes was I felt it was a bit cliche in parts but I think you kind the reader needed that to like yeah. kind of 
it was a lesson and kind of it furthered the whole understanding of the book. And so, yes, that is why 9.2. How about you, Volley? So wait, so wait, you're, you're a Felix Declan, not a Felix Ezra. Stan. In case we haven't made it clear, Felix and Ezra get together at the end. They have a big kiss in the middle of the pride parade. It's very gay. Um, honestly, I couldn't even tell that Ezra was like in love with him for half the book. And I think that's because I'm oblivious. So, I mean, I couldn't tell either, but I think that's because Felix was oblivious and Felix is the narrator. So, yeah, okay, it was written, it was written well. Yeah. Um, I give this book 9.5 flower crowns out of 10. You're welcome. I'm sticking to the stupid 10 point scale. Um, because I really like how it was written. It felt, it felt like a conversation, not a book. And it was easy to read and... I, I just, I like the story and I like the discussions on identity. I just, I didn't really like that the ending I felt was a little bit rushed. That is true. But it was but, a happy ending. Yeah. I just felt like everything was tied together a little bit too quickly. But other than that, I really did enjoy this book and I would recommend it to all of you. Yeah, this is amazing. It was amazing. So, just a couple of announcements before we finish things up. We now have a website. Um, it's at queerlyeveraftepodcast.weebly.com because we have no money. <laughs> um, we are broke, guys, if you can't yeah. tell. I mean, we might set up a Patreon at some point if enough people listen to this, but that's not, like, a definite thing right now. Yeah. Um, so, we have a website um, on top of our anchor website which is you know like how we publish this podcast and i'm gonna set up a tumblr and a twitter and all of that fun social media stuff so you guys can i don't know interact with more of our bullshit soon yeah um so yeah thanks thanks for listening yeah, thank you for listening um rate and review us on apple Podcasts so we can get more people to listen to us Ooh and self-advertising um, yeah and recommend <laughs> like this podcast to your friends if you can't rate and review and yeah, yeah. oh and we have an email queerly ever after podcast at gmail.com email us tell us what you like like let us know how you feel about this tell us how we're doing yeah, yeah thank you guys so much for listening thank you for listening <laughs> um have All a great right. day, everyone. Oh, wait. What book are we doing next? Oh, next. Hold up. We're gonna... We're gonna look at our little calendar. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's the... Tele- it is Last Night at the Telegraph Club yeah, by... Honestly, I'm loving the Asian representation here. Right? Okay, by Melinda Lowe. Great. So we're going to be reading Last Night at the Telegraph Club by Melinda Lowe. Oh my god. I looked up Last Night at the, and the first thing that came up was Last Night at the Lobster. <laughs> is that is that a restaurant? Is I don't it, know. <laughs> okay. 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 Good. It is. Very confused. But anyways. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> All we're right. Stop Bye. talking now. Yeah, we're going to stop talking. Bye. Bye.